Welcome to the I Create Daily Podcast. I'm Leora Alderson. And I'm Devani Alderson. We're your co-hosts on this journey of creativity and productivity. I Create Daily is for artists in every genre of creating, from musicians to writers, crafters to inventors, bloggers to entrepreneurs. I Create Daily is a movement for creators serious about your art. If you're into creating anything, this podcast is definitely for you. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey. Hello and welcome to the I Create Daily podcast, a movement for creators serious about their work. I'm Leora. And I'm Devani. And today we're delighted to be catching up with intuitive abstract artist Mandy Thompson, whom we interviewed on episode 12 of the I Create Daily podcast. Raised in rural Georgia with pencils in her hand as early as her mama can remember, Mandy Thompson has always been an artist at heart. She's spent 15 years offering her creativity in other arenas before becoming a professional artist. Mandy returned to art in her mid-30s as a way to work through depression and process her emotions and found abstract art as her medium for expressing emotional concepts. Mandy encourages others' creativity and healing through her work, which is about so much more than art. In fact, we've been calling it soul-centered intuitive art. And today we get to catch up with what Mandy's been up to. Welcome back, Mandy. Thanks, y'all. It's good to be here. <laughs> it's good to have you. So tell us about your, you know, what you've been basically up to these past couple of years. I mean, we love your art. Anyone can go and see it at mandythompson.com. And that's yeah. M-A-N-D-Y mm -hmm. Thompson, T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N.com. You have, it's just, your site is so beautiful still. Um, that was one of the things that captivated us the first time we encountered your work. Um, and also your, your art is just so vibrant. So we want to touch, we'll be touching during this interview on all of that. Um, but so just take us back a little bit since we interviewed you on episode 12 and found out a lot of the nitty gritty things of right. started your whole story of departing from art and returning to art through healing. Yes all of that, which we'll link to in the show notes, episode 12. What have you been doing the past couple of years? Oh man, it hasn't really been a couple of years since we yeah. chatted. Are you sure it wasn't a year ago? <laughs> right. um, yeah, well, one of the major things that has happened in my life uh, since we last talked is I have, I have really um, begun integrating different elements of my world. And this wasn't even something that I woke up one morning and said, okay, I'm, 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 I have got to pick, pull the pieces together and see how they fit. It was just this, this itch that I had in me, you know, a lot of creatives, we find ourselves attracted to multiple expressions yes. mm -hmm. and, and, it's, and it almost feels like there's multiple people living inside of us, multiple <laughs> artists or creative types living inside of us. And how, how can we become a team? Um, yeah. you know, and so, and so I primarily express myself visually, especially in this season of my life, but you know, there's a bit of a writer Mandy in there. There's a bit of a contemplative Mandy in there, a spiritual Mandy in there. There's a bit of a practical Mandy in there. And, and, you know, I just wanted all of us to figure out how we could get along and, um, <laughs> not great. to be, not to be insensitive to people who genuinely I'm not speaking in a literal sense, but figuratively, um, you know, there are just these multiple avenues that were a part of my life that, that I wanted to, to start to integrate. And it, it sort of happened accidentally. I started journaling as a way to collect everything. And this started a little over a year ago um, where it finally clicked. Okay, I can put all of this in one place, like physically in a bullet journal, you know, where uh, I can sketch, I can plan uh, paintings or not plan exactly, but, you know, collect ideas, collect inspiration from other artists. I can write out my thoughts. I can work through things. I'm a, I'm a processor and I can just keep all of it in one place. And I thought, okay, well, if I put it all in one place, maybe that is the integration. Um, and then I, did, I didn't realize this, but at some point in the fall, it occurred to me that not only was I integrating it personally, but I could also... Hmm. present that to others. And so, and one of the things that I, I would love to talk to y'all more about is this, this 
analog journey that I've been on, this publication that I've been on to, to bring together the drawing, sketching Mandy, the writing Mandy, the painting Mandy, the contemplative spiritual Mandy. And, you know, and, and it all kind of fit into one package that I could even offer to people mm -hmm. um, in a way that would enrich their lives and inspire them. So I feel like I've just rolled accidentally over this major hurdle that so many of us just continue to bump up against how can we how can we get over this um challenge of who fitting all of these pieces together yeah i think that's amazing and i think a lot of artists and creators of any type really entrepreneurs to visual artists and writers do have the tendency to want to try and experiment with all the different avenues of creating and right. of course we'd love to dive into your analog journal and how that goes to, and how that fits some of that together and before you do that let me just say um so one of the first things we noticed um when we first visited your site almost two years ago i don't remember the exact date actually do you remember the exact it was date? later it was like fall of 2017 okay so yeah so a year and a half so not quite um is not only are you a wonderful visual artist, abstract artist, intuitive artist, but also you write really well and very expressively. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things, exactly like you said, so often when we get into the flow of creativity, it doesn't stop at just one expression. Mm -hmm. Of course, of course it doesn't. So then it's like, how do we identify which avenues to pursue. And I mean, then there's the layers added to that, like you have on your side in your shop. So many of your wonderful paintings and prints, and then you've got them into card form, into journal form, which is right. fantastic. Um, and so like, and we'll get into more of those details a little later. And I think you started out with a little uh, box, the cigarette machine. Yes. Artomats. Yeah, Artomats. Yeah, Artomats, yeah. Art yeah, that was just fantastic. So you've always been a, on the leading edge, I think. You know, you're of, of doing something differently. So not just your art is different and unique, but how you express it in the world is unique. So we loved this and devoured this. Um, so analog, a field guide for the soul. So mm -hmm. yeah, tell us yes. about this. Right. So, it I'm sorry, go writing. Sorry. Um, yeah. So incorporating the writing. So analog, basically, like I said, it was sort of the presentation of how I'm integrating these different aspects of myself. And I don't, I'm, I'm the type of person, one of my core values is what can I contribute? How can I connect and what can I contribute? Um, and so I'm always looking for answers to that question. And, and I, I value vulnerability. I value sincerity. I value art and creativity that comes from a very real and honest place in our lives. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so publishing analog, being a field guide for the soul, one of, one of the things that I'm very interested in is how do we balance emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, mentally, how do we balance the, uh, the information age, the digital age? And, you know, and I, that life is moving so quickly right now. Things are coming at us so quickly right now. And I don't, I'm not so sure that that is evolutionarily if we're ready for it. <laughs> okay. And so, okay. How do we, how do we live well in that? How do we tend to our inner souls, our, our health in that way. And, um, and so I, I'm, I'm answering that question through analog and I'm calling it a field guide for the soul because I intentionally want it to be a way for people to, to pick it up, to look at it, to read it, to answer the question, how can I care for myself, my, my inner landscape, my soulscape, how can I care for that while engaging the world, while being a part of modern society um, without necessarily checking out completely? So I think it's an important answer, an important question that we need to look for is what does that healthy and balanced lifestyle look like? Yeah. How did you come, how, did your art help you come to those questions for yourself? Was there a point where you're just like, I can't take all this information overload <laughs> in the world without just stepping back and processing it myself? How did you personally come to realize that that's what you needed? And, I think then, and then create create it for others, really. Right. Oh, that's such a great question, Devani. I, you know, like we said before, art reemerged in my life as an answer to the question of, of how, how can I balance myself, my, my mental health in terms of depression and anxiety? How can I process things that I hadn't been able to process? And then, and then how could I begin to use art as a, as a means of leveling out my, my brain chemistry? And we, we know that art literally does change 
your brain chemistry in the same way that people say, keep a gratitude journal, you know, keep, keep, keep your brain, you know, connected to things that, um, literally create a, a biological positive response in you. So, um, I needed art as a way as sort of a natural medication yeah. to balance. And so I saw the value of it there. And one of the things I learned pretty quickly was that it was a, it was a natural way for me to slow down, to become, become more thoughtful, to become more reflective, to become more aware. And it started with art journaling and I was using art journaling as a way like I said, to express cathartically. And so journaling very quickly became a resource for me. And eventually I found ways to write things down using words, using language, using sentences. And that, you know, I mean, I'm talking like, you know, five, six, seven years of that. And then fast forward into very recently when it became a place where I could integrate all of these parts of myself, like I said. Um, and that's when, that's when I made the connection that I could put all these pieces together and offer them. Am I, am I answering that question? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just, it was sort of like, because there, I think a lot of people um, are realizing that we are in an information overload right. uh, world and that it's not necessarily going to stop. So there's not right. going to be a solution that's like, all of this will just stop. And yeah. so we all do have to deal with that and, or try to anyway. And so, but not everybody has that entrepreneurial or artistic creative spirit of like oh well let me provide something that yes can help the right people figure this out too yeah and that's the core for me you know it, it ties into mindfulness it, you know it ties into all these things all of these things are converging right now um you know as alternatives to yeah. numbing out with information overload but the, the the core question is are you taking time to pay attention and think about your life are you taking time to live with intention or are you living in a way that is just reactive and numb and and without that higher level of understanding of what we're doing so i feel like there's multiple ways to come at that mm -hmm. but that really is the pattern that i think is emerging in society and i think that's something that people are looking for for themselves and so i'm offering I'm offering the ways I live intentionally, live with awareness, li live in a way where I'm stopping, I'm slowing down, I'm thinking about it. I'm offering that because I think it is accessible to people. Um, okay, can you sit down and just write about how your day was? I can write about my, yeah, oh yeah. Okay, good, we're going, we're there, we're there. You just arrived. That's right, <laughs> that's such a great point. And so, you know, one of the things that's fascinating to me about visual art, which I'm not a visual artist, but I kind of get a similar thing from writing. It's the, the concept of being like meditation in action. Yeah. And, you know, artists, so, so really they are, to create artists to meditate. Yes. Um, and it is to bring mm -hmm. forth beauty. Mm -hmm. um, it is to work with, you know, feelings and emotions. In fact, you had a post on your Facebook um, just recently about two beautiful paintings that you created in or as a way of transmuting anger basically yeah. to express anger and they didn't come out looking angry at all right. so you know it's and you mentioned gratitude so like mm -hmm. when we're creating it really does connect us with you know divinity the, the divinity within us because that's where love lives that's right. where gratitude lives and that's where beauty lives and they're right. all connected mm -hmm. um, so and and so i like what i also love about how it is that this evolved probably like everything you've done same thing for us and we keep t telling our audiences don't worry about a business plan don't worry about having it all figured out you know you started creating what it is you needed yes what came from you from the inside out and then it was and so yeah. much of what we do, we've done has been that way and that is so then now that we have it now that we want it or we want it and so we create it how can we share it with yes others? because we are we're asking universal questions you know, um, I think it's Sabrina Ward Harrison that said, create the thing you most need uh, or you most wish to find. And I think it was, um, who, who said live the questions? I cannot believe I've just forgotten who said live the questions. Who said live the questions? Let me see. I don't know. We'll find it though. Oh my goodness. Where did it go? It was right there. It was right there. But you know, but that as creatives, we, Oh wow. I, sorry. We're sitting uh, looking in the woods and a big owl just flew, flew by. Sorry. <laughs> that's <laughs> that was the wrong time of day for an owl to be flying around. I know. Right. I <laughs> sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt though. No. As we, what? Um, we, we do not assume that, our understanding of reality or our, our lives as, as we live it are, are the only way it can be done. We, we constantly uh, push 
push the envelope. And if we find discomfort, and I think um, one of the reasons, you know, a lot of creatives are also highly sensitive, which means that we are sensitive to discomfort, which means that we react a little more um, exaggeratedly. I don't want to use, that's, that's not the best word, but we, we feel discomfort more. We're going to be um, more motivated to change something rather than just live with it as it is. And so we are going to go, I don't like this. I'm going to do something about it. Mm -hmm. Or this doesn't make sense to me. I'm going to ask this question. I need to explore where this takes me because where I am in it right now is not where I want to be. And so we find ourselves asking these questions that many people are carrying, whether they are conscious of it or not, and then finding these answers and then going, I found it. I found it, <laughs> you know, and then, and then, and then, like I said, offering, offering that to the world. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, that makes a lot of sense. And, um, something you said, um, what was it? Well, uh, you, we were talking about you sharing what was working for you. Oh, mm -hmm. um, oh, uh, how intuitive, how artists tend to feel something feel so strongly. And so, yes, yes there's, there's a lot of connection mm -hmm. to psychism, intuition, and right. empathy, empaths, basically, in the artistic and creative world. Right. You know, because, like in order to be tapped into the creative, you know, energy in the ethers as it were you know right. you've got those antennas out you've got those right. feelings that you've got your heart you know open mm -hmm. or seeking to be open mm -hmm. and yeah and then it, it hurts it can hurt as well it we can feel it more strongly exactly yeah. yeah you said it succinctly so well tell so tell us about like this is so what you've done with well let me back up just a second we heard of you originally from lynn hunley who was mm -hmm. members in your community and she was saying how you actually sent snail mail to yes. your audience, not just email. Right. Um, so now, which is fantastic. And now you're creating this analog, which is a, every two months, right. um, you publish it and you mail it out. And the first one was a, a gift to your list. And from then on mm -hmm. it's subscription. Mm -hmm. um, and that's such a great idea. It's sort of like restoring a little bit, the quarterly or bi-monthly, you know, periodical. Yeah. And it fits so well with your concept of just stepping away from the only digital connection to right. like, we actually have a physical piece of your art and work and soul and efforts mm -hmm. over the last uh, last fall or however long you are making this for the public and it it almost is like the point it's like stepping away from the digital to digest via a non-digital tool exactly exactly and that was that and that is one of the reasons one of the decisions i made at the very beginning was i'm not going to offer this in pdf format because um, I, I really want to emphasize, you know, this is something that, that we, that we need to get, we, we need to feel it. And it has a textured cover for a reason, you know, we need to really be tangibly engaged with our reality. Um, and so that's just a huge, it's, it's subtle, but it is a big message of what, of what this is about. Yeah. Which on, you know, on your website, you talk about um, focusing or Facebook, I forget where, but focusing on slow living, yeah. you know, which is, which is a little bit like there's, um, um, I forget the author at the moment, but there's a book titled Thinking Fast and Slow. Mm. Um, and it is about, you know, the concept that we do have the ability to do both, you know, to, yeah. to receive impressions and intuitions and, and you know, quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, you know, they incubate, you know, and right. if we allow them to incubate, then that's where we can dive deeper into the meaning that they might have mm -hmm. for us. And again, I think that's, that feeds into art, you know, it's like we might look at a flower and start painting it, but then, or painting our abstract impression of it, yep. but then um, we look in, well, what's behind the flower? You know, what is the nature of the flower? What is mm -hmm. the flower's purpose? Mm -hmm. The flower's purpose is to attract pollinators. And how does it do that? By being itself. Yeah. you know, by doing what it's supposed to do, which is to grow, you know, and to bring beauty into the world, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. so. And you're exactly right. That is a part of the meditative aspect of, of creating and making something that is a deep dive. You know, it's a hard, it's a long read. It's not a Twitter blast. It's a long read into your reality. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So you have, okay. So now you have this subscription uh, analog for this right. year. Yes. Um, having created journals ourselves, it is not inexpensive to print and to mail and also to print in color and it's full color all the way throughout. Mm -hmm. So how do you, and I know you have to have a certain number of subscriptions right. uh, placed by a certain date, I guess that's your printing deadline in order right. 
people to get it. So okay. are you ordering extra so that, you know, in case people want to come back and get back issues, how are you working with that? Okay. I, I am. And you know, and I'm, I'm literally just today mailing out issue two. So this is extremely new territory for me. I, I already have more subscribers than I anticipated, which is so exciting. And I also am finding that people do want to drop in. Can I have that one? You know, I just, I need, I need that, you know, and so I am making extra copies and um, you know, and I'm going to have it available for people to be able to just tap in and get one to get their hands on it. Um, you know, and, and, jump into the process wherever they want to. But even that, even that is a guess, you know, it, I, is 15 extra copies enough? Is 20 extra copies enough? I don't, I don't know. Right. So am I going to eventually have to go back and like do 20 more copies of issue one? I don't, I don't know. You know, I think that um, right now my main goal is to find, um, find that point where this is sustainable because I'm already realizing immediately, immediately I realized, okay, this is something that is deeply resonating with people. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I was told from the, I had, I pulled together a, a group of beta readers and one of them said to me, make it sustainable from the start. Yes. I'm only promising 2019, but, mm -hmm. but make this sustainable from the start. And so that's something that I'm already you know, getting, getting a feel for, um, is, is this something that I will be able to continue to do? And I think that's a question of stewardship for me. It's a question of community and connection. You know, these things that are important to me, am I making a contribution? And if this is something that is going to have lasting traction in my life, then in the back of my mind, I need to be asking, you know, because it's expensive. Yes. These, these things are not, or, you know, they're expensive to print. And, um, especially because I, you know, I'm not printing a thousand of them, right. you know, I, I'm not. And, um, and so it takes it, uh, yeah, numbers are involved. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, like yeah. you said, you have to be able to continue doing it, um, because it's not only uh, a cost factor, but right. the time factor and, right. you know, mailing them individually and mm -hmm. setting them up on your site. But yeah, I think it would be perfect for, so like, like by the end of the year, you'll have six, which yep. means you'll also essentially have a year's worth, yes. you know, so to then put them all together into some kind of a prompt journal and you're perfectly positioned yeah. with your skill and, and that sort of thing to create your own art prompt, you know, like abstract art prompt journal, you know, mm. where basically on one side you could have, I don't know, it could be something like, um, the colors of a palette that you might recommend somebody work with for a day, you know, and oh. here are the colors, here's the swatch. Now here's the blank page. You know, what will you create intuitively from that? Another one might be to have sort of a visual in black and white, and then now go choose your own color. I mean, there's just so many things you could do with your own art prompts and it could be, you know, tied in with this as yeah. well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've already, I mean, in my head, in my head right now, it's, you know, it's the six issues like you're saying, but that, that, that already there's the question of, you know, could these be rebound into larger editions? Um, you know, am I going to do something where you get like a bonus, a bonus edition that is specific to one theme that you don't, it's not in the subscription, but you know, you go in a one-off, a one-off, you know, you get this and whatever. I, it, once I realized that this was really hitting a, a, a place in people's lives, that's when I thought, okay, now what could this, what could this really be? Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm still in the place of going, okay, I like literally right now my thinking is, okay, I just mailed out issue two. I really need, I really need to wrap my head around issue three. Like I'm all, I'm that, you know, but, but once I get in the rhythm of that, like there's so severe learning curve to this self-publishing kind of a thing. But once I get in the rhythm of that, you know, what extra features, and I love the idea of, you know, creating like a prompt journal that there's so many spinoff possibilities. Absolutely. From, so I'm going to write that down. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And yeah, we love to ideate underneath that um, at any time. And it's, you know, cause that's the thing we've seen in creating the journals that we've created. Um, there's just, you know, we already have a, we published 13 or sorry, nine journals in about 13 months mm -hmm. of various kinds. And we already have about an, about that many more planned, hopefully mm -hmm. for a, a large portion of them for this year. Because again, you know, it's like when you create one piece of art, there are things that you, when you're using certain colors for whatever you're creating, you right. have to make a decision of what colors to use and therefore what not to. But yep. the one 
get left out, you know you have a plan for them in the future. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. It's the same thing with content. It's like the way the back to you use the flowers and met, um, gardening kind of metaphors and seeds a lot as you did an analog. And we do as well, um, not only because it's just like a wonderful natural symbology um, or analog, but also <laughs> because we're gardeners. We have a garden and we have mm -hmm. property with gardens. And so um, the concept is nature. Yes. You know, the one seed produces so much more. And as yeah. we talked about here as well before, as well as in articles, you know, essentially you're aligning with mm -hmm. the, the, the laws of nature mm -hmm. when it is take the one thing and you multiply it into so much more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that word alignment, this, this could be a total um, moving in a different direction. But I think alignment has been a huge part of me doing this analog and offering it. Um, so many of the discomforts in my life were resolved when I just went, boom, that's what it is, you know? And I think for us as creatives, you know, we, we really, we really feel that we are in harmony with ourselves and in harmony with the world when we are aligned with our values. We're aligned with, um, you know, what, what we have to offer, what our gifts are, what our passions are. And if we're aligned with those areas of our lives that we feel strongly about and we're, and we're communicating in that area. So alignment is huge. And I think that's, I think that's one of the important questions that creative individuals need to ask is if, if I'm aligned or what, what changes do I need to make adjustments to be, be aligned with myself and with my values? Yes. What are some of the things that you did to figure out um, your personal alignments and the things you would do that felt unaligned and then moving towards the things that were projects or activities or just living life in a way that was aligned? How did you figure that out for I you? Think, I think a lot of it comes from experimenting. You know, I, um, it's, there are some things in life that are, that are obviously not, not for me. You know, that we, we, we have a list of things where, okay, skydiving is not for me. I'm not doing it, but, uh, you know, but as we, as we, <laughs> but as we get, get to know ourselves more, um, the next question that, you know, a part of, a, a part of getting to know ourselves is just literally asking what is important to me, um, you know, and, and then saying, how can, how can I, move my life in that direction. So re reading the books, uh, having conversations, um, it was, it's very similar to it. it, it in my first year of, of deciding, okay, I'm, I'm going to really be serious about being a professional artist. The first thing I knew I needed to do was explore my signature style. Mm -hmm. So I worked in watercolor. I worked in collage. Um, you know, I did a lot. I, I never touched oil because I knew my, my daughters were really young and I literally didn't have time to wait on paint to dry. So I knew yeah. oil was not for me, like skydiving. I'm not doing it. But, you know, but in, in other respects, different techniques, um, you know, looking at different artists that people were already doing certain things and asking myself, does that resonate with me? Do I want to try that? Do I want to take that technique on? And, but it's just a process of elimination and exploration of finding what fits. And, um, but if we, if we don't know who we are, if we don't know what fits, then we will constantly feel that discomfort. It's just not right. It's yeah. just not right. Yeah. But you don't know why. It's just not right. Yes. Yeah. So when you get into that space, like, what do you do to help reposition, to help get into sync with yourself? Yeah. Um, one of the difficulties of intuition is that we know things without knowing things, right? And so you kind of have to take a step back and start asking yourself some questions, you know, like, okay, I know, I know I'm feeling discomfort about something, but what is that specifically? What is it? Is it the time of day? Am I trying to be creative at four o'clock in the afternoon when I really need to hit it at eight o'clock in the morning? You know, is it that, or is it that, or is it that, you know, this type of creative expression is just not working for me? Um, so you kind of have to back up and ask yourself, what is the dynamic in my life that is uncomfortable and, and what can I do to adjust that to make it better? Um, one of, for another example, um, I have, I have young daughters and they come home from school super, you know, because school is just, you know, and they're just, you know, they're vibrating, especially when they were much younger, vibrating from the stress of school. And they came home and then I started vibrating from their vibrate. You know, that was not working for me. 
And I had, and I had to ask myself, I love them. Why, why, why is it bothering me when they come home? You know, I've been in my serene, quiet world. What is it? And then I realized, oh, it's because they're just bouncing off the wall. Okay, I need to give them quiet time. As soon as they get home, we're going to redirect. We're going to let them have some playtime by themselves so that they're not vibrating on each other. And separate, you know, separate it, bring it down. And then re-engage them when they're, when they're in a place where, um, as an empath, you know, I got to watch how other people's energies. But, you know, it, it, but I had to stop myself and say, okay, what is it about this? that is uncomfortable. Um, and you have to come to that place of awareness and reflection. You know, are we living, are we living life with awareness of what's happening? Um, because if we're not, we're just being reactive and we don't know what we're doing. Right. Yeah. It's true. Could you tell us just a little bit about your, um, how you come up with your beautiful paintings? Like just sort of like a, like a one, two, three steps kind of thing, just to, to so that for those who are visual artists and they'll know the process of what you do, right. I'm fascinated by how you're able to achieve such incredibly vibrant mm -hmm. uh, colors in your art. And I'm fascinated too with the, the bits of uh, impressions that mm -hmm. are in embedded mm -hmm. in your art and how mm -hmm. beautifully it all works out. So like, how do you start? Do you just start you know, you know, from speaking to the layman even? All right. <laughs> Um, that is, I have different, like different approaches to painting as well. Um, there are times when I want to do something very specific that is accessible that, uh, that I know may be healing for people. For instance, I just, I just went through another round of making these little flower blocks and, um, and those are very literal. I'm, as an abstract artist, it's like, okay, can I paint something that people are going to recognize and still, and still keep my signature style? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm in a stretch where I think we need some more flowers in our lives. Yeah. And I need to sit down. I need to paint them. I need to, I need to paint that joy. I need to make that real in my own life as well. So there are times when I do kind of deliberately say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to push in this direction. Um, but when that happens, sometimes it's a total flop. Like, okay, that, that, I don't, that was clearly, this is not working. I can't, I can't get traction on this idea. Um, this, the, the bulk of the stuff that I do really is more of an intuitive process where the only thing I have going into it is I'm going to work on this size canvas or, you know, or what, whatever, or, um, I want to make something that feels spacious like that's as, as specific as it can get, Laura. I, re I really, I, I don't know. And, you know, and then sometimes I'll go in even, even um, with that, that light of an impression in mind and still, but something between me and the canvas goes, Whoa! and it's okay, fine. This is today. Here we go. Yeah. Um, like you mentioned, you mentioned those paintings that I did when I was in a time of intense anger. Yeah. I mean, like raging, like sweating, like how can life be like this? You know, one of them came when um, the girls, the girls in Africa were taken, that whole school of girls were taken by, oh, the brain is not working today. This was like four years ago. Um, Boko Haram and the girls, and they were all taken as, um, child wives, uh, you know, during all of that, I was just, when that hit the news and I went and I, I, oh gosh. And one of the paintings came from that, came from me just living in the space of, wow, how, how do we live in a world like this? Like, you know, um, and feeling so complete, completely upset about that. And that, and that's one of my most resonant paintings and it doesn't, people look at it and they don't feel that rage or anger, but it, it carries a lot of energy. Yes. That painting really carries energy. And I think that that is what hits people. And I didn't have a plan when I started that painting, but I remember that process probably more vividly than a lot of my other paintings because it was very real. It was very raw. I mean, it was happening. Um, yeah, I think that's a really beautiful way to deal with all the different things you hear that you don't feel like you can do anything about. Mm -hmm. It's a very productive way to channel mm -hmm. that energy because you could have just been in a rageful space for yeah. a while. Yeah. You know, like I can't do anything about that, but now I know this thing and how can I know this terrible thing and not know what to do? Right. Yeah. Well, it's just such a great way to just channel, um, I don't want to say hopelessness because that sounds really victim-y. Right, but, right. But that feeling of like, yeah. I know a terrible thing. I can't do anything about it. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, you know what? And this brought to mind, um, there was this, there was this season of my life. This was a few years ago where I'm just going to be, can I be real honest about something? Okay. I, I was on Zoloft for about three weeks and I needed it because I was my, my medication brain, all that was making a hard transition and I just need, okay, we're going to hold things, everything still. And, um, and I was trying to continue to be creative during that time. And I remember asking, my doctor is, what is this going to do to my creativity? Because I know that creativity, you know, you have to have, when you have a good idea, your brain has to go, yeah, we like this. You know, you have to get that dopamine effect in order to feel motivated to care. And I'm like, okay, all of this stuff is just, you know, we're making some big shifts. Am I going to be able to paint? And they, and I can't remember the answer, but I did try and things in, inside of me were very muted. Mm. Um, Yes, everything was very muted. It was it was like somebody just turned the volume down to where you could barely, really barely get any kind of signal on anything. And I and I tried to 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 go in the studio and paint a couple of times during that. And um, I ended up painting these colorless, uh, kind of urban landscape scenes ish impressions of like drawn impressions of um, buildings and skyscrapers. But in, in that, those were kind of in the background and, and in the foreground were these floating figures with, um, with, with oval shaped heads that were attached to a body by a very narrow neck. And then the body was shaped kind of like a teardrop. There were no legs. And then they had arms that were very long, that were um, exaggeratedly long past, past the bottom of the torso. Almost like an alien. Now, you know what my paintings look like. Yes. And that, and that is what um, intuitively, subconsciously came out of that season for me. And, um, you know, and I kind of had to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to need to just not try to paint because the colors were gone, you know, and, and, and the re reflection of my, my interiority, you know, I did, I did need to recognize that. I didn't, I did need to put a flag in the ground for that moment. But then my next question was, okay, how, how soon, how soon can I move past this medication and get myself back to a place where, um, where I can access me, my creativity again. Mm -hmm. And I know that, I know that we, any, any, any creative who, deals with um, seasons where they have to address their mental health and where they may have to engage medication in order to do that, that, um, you know, it, sh it just changes things. It just changes things. Absolutely. Yeah. That, gosh, there's so much about what you're saying that we probably can't, I don't, or maybe you don't even want to get into in this episode, but I think it should be addressed mm -hmm. um, at some point. And, you know, if if I get to the place in, in this topic, like you were with the, the story of the African girls, for instance, then I can get very passionate and very like, you know, evangelical about it. And that is the concept of all these children that are being medicated for ADD, when really what they are, are creative souls needing a creative outlet and a way to express it and connect with that. So in a way that's not being provided. Yeah. And yes. How, yes. Yeah. And if they're on medication, then how it is that it's numbing the very thing that they're here to do more of. Right. So, so yeah, there's so much in that, um, you know, that really needs to be addressed. So speaking of which though, and back to your own experience and you said, you know, you needed to do it for a few weeks, three weeks to get right. into sort of, you know, equilibrium of right. your own. Um, but you've also used art to right. successfully align yourself in that way or to successfully yes. return yourself from depression to health. Right. Um, so usually that works, right? Oh yes. If I don't, if I don't have moments where I can get in the studio, um, you know, inside of me that happens and I, you know, and I'm in the process right now of exploring what are, what are the literal chemical benefits of creative activity? You know, and there's this article floating around that right now that says that 45 minutes of creative time, you know, of engaging in making something that that literally changes your, your brain chemistry. Um, and that those feel good chemicals, you start to rebalance against the stress hormones. Um, so physiologically, you know, we, 
there are things that we can do. And like I, I said earlier, a lot of creative types are also highly sensitive. And I don't, I don't believe that modern society is a very hospitable place for highly sensitives because we experience things on a level that other people don't. And so that onslaught is even, is even more, more charged. Right. So I, I have tried in the past, um, five, six, seven years after realizing this about this is how I, this is how I live in my, in my early thirties to mid thirties, really shifting a lifestyle that suits my sensitivity, that suits my nervous system. And, um, and a lot of the anxiety um, and the overstimulation that I felt for the first three decades of my life, I don't feel, I don't experience that anymore. And I know when I am going into those moments where I'm going to experience that and I know how to recover from that when it happens. Just so building a lifestyle that helps me, you know, stay balanced internally um, and that suits and that feeds and that nurtures and that is a fertile ground for who I am and what I have to offer the world. Right. And I love how you talk about seasons of your life because I think there's also a cultural thing of because information is hitting us so fast and uh, society tends to go in these phases where sometimes something is cool and then suddenly it's not cool and it's not, right. <laughs> you know, 10 years later it might be cool again, you know, but, <laughs> but recognizing the fact that it's seasonal like nature, you yeah. know, like you were talking about your seed in the, in the first analog um, book about seedlings and seeds yes. go through nature. Uh, See, seeds cycles. go through natural cycles and yes. seeds, like they need to be they need to be more so they can survive and thrive mm -hmm. and then they can calm down like a trees aren't hectic right. they grow very slowly and very. they're for the most part yes you know, they're not like oh my god i need to grow like faster because yes you're taller you know plants, it's like plants do not have anxiety plants yeah. do not <laughs> yeah. right. so when you back to if you're having a slump yes do you specifically go to your studio and start painting is that your typical default um that's a really good question and, and by slump do you mean like i'm feeling low what depressed. do you what do you mean depressed. um you're starting to feel depressed or anxious yeah okay so those are two different those are two different experiences for me De depression comes from exhaustion to me it comes from exhaustion like depletion like mm -hmm. i no longer care about doing anything you know i'm done um and when that happens i think what i need more than anything is rest you know downshifting um you know letting letting my body not feel the constant push of doing and doing and doing and having to, but that's different to me than anxiety. Well, let me finish that, finish that thought. So what does art do? What function does it have? One of the things that I need to do when I'm feeling that low is once, once I can get a handle on what's happening inside of me and that might take some time. Um, but once I can get a handle on what's happening inside of me, you, you, I have to ask important questions of why, what is that thing that is causing me to feel this, depleted um this this emotionally exhausted and the and where and and what is what is pulling so much of my energy that i don't have any more energy to just give to life um you know and how and how, how can i how can i begin to take that tiny little ember and what is the right fuel that it needs to begin to nurse that nurse that back to a flame nurse that back to a fire um, you know, because your flame just, it just, it just dies down. Um, but when I'm anxious, anxious, usually for me, what is happening inside of me is I am, I'm reaching a place of exhaustion where I'm overreacting to everything. There are threats at every corner because I feel threatened. My life has, has become a place where it's asking too much of me or I have, I have chosen boundaries. I have chosen to give too much of myself to something. Um, I haven't protected my energy and it's the, it's the early anxiety to me come for me comes before depression. It's the early warning sign where my body says, okay, this is enough. Okay. This is enough. Okay. This is enough. Okay. You know, and it can come out irrationally. And so I can't necessarily, um, take that literally. But I can go, okay, I'm redlining. 
what, what can I do? What can I do to pull back? What can I do to rebalance myself? Um, to give my body time to adjust and time to feel like I have, um, I have cushion. I have, I have what it takes and painting, being in the studio, that time really, really helps because I, I can let my brain sort it all out. Let's work it out. Let's put things in the right boxes. You know, let's, this goes here and I'm not going to touch that again for a week. It's no, you go there. You know, I'm working it all out while I'm painting. I'm processing my life. I'm getting, I'm getting above it. I'm getting above it. And, um, and I'm doing so in a place that is not overstimulating. I'm doing it in a place that is silent, that is solitary. Um, and that is specifically set aside as my sanctuary. Uh, and, and art in that regard really, really helps to rebalance me. And we've already talked about what it does to your neurochemicals anyway. So, I mean, I, I mean, there's a lot happening to help with anxiety when I'm in the studio. Right. You ask a lot of very proactive questions and non-judgmental to yourself questions. Is that something that you learned through the journey or is it partly natural or a mix of both? Oh no, I'm my worst critic. <laughs> yeah. I, my first, my first is what's wrong with you. But that's, but that's not, you know, that's not helpful to, you know, but honestly, my first question is always what's wrong with you? Why can't you deal with it? Why can't you, why can't you face this? Why do you feel like you need to go hide? Why, why, why get under your weighted blanket? It's one o'clock in the afternoon. Get up and do, you know, but that's not productive, Devani. We, you know, um, but eventually I do say to my, I do come to the realization. I just, I can't, I, I have hit a limit. And there's absolutely no reason to force myself or expect myself to move beyond my capabilities. Mm -hmm. so, so the kind, the kindest thing you can do is say, okay, then let's take, let's downshift. Let's take a step back. Let's breathe. You know, it's like, it's like self-parenting, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, recognizing what I need and then giving that to myself. Yeah, absolutely. So looking at your incredible website, again, mandythompson.com, uh, it's just a feast for the eyes and you have so many options that people can enjoy viewing um, as well as taking part of your art through buying various things that you have. You created your site and you created so many options from books, as we mentioned, to cards, journals rather. Right. Um, so do you have you know, advice to artists who are just starting to set up their presence in the world is uh, to for earning revenue for right. actually selling some of their work or those who are already selling some of their work always want to know you know like of all the things that you're doing because as you know also you're an artist and you're a creator and you're an entrepreneur wearing many hats and we talked about that in our first interview with you um, so if you could only do five things what do you know what five things of the things that you're already doing and selling and how you're packaging your art that produce the most revenue for you? Whew. Um, honestly, it depends on the season, but originals, originals just don't betray me. They're steady. And, um, you know, and doing, and doing art that is accessible to my network, my community. So these little blocks, you know, I do things like this and, um, and I can spend a couple of weeks in the studio and, you know, and create these little things that are similar. They're each different, they're unique, but they're similar in design or in color scheme or, or whatever. And that stuff that really hits people in a way that's, that, like I said, is accessible. Um, but it, but honestly, it just depends. And there's a difference between what I did when I was starting out and what I'm doing now. Um, I had to, I had to learn how to offer and create prints. I had, you know, I had to learn that pro and now that's something that just sort of runs itself. And, um, and I don't, and that learning curve is not there. And so it doesn't take nearly as much time. Yeah, I had to learn how to, to make these little blocks. It's not something that I go by at the store. My husband literally makes these things in, in his shed for me. And then, you know, and then I paint on them. I mean, it's something that's very, a custom idea that I had that I wanted, you know, but there's a learning curve. You have to figure out how to do those things. Yeah. Um, and it just takes so much time. But these, when you're starting out, you have to work one system at a time mm -hmm. and, and you, and you want to work within your values. And one of my values, like I said, was what am I contributing? And one of my values is community. And so I had to ask myself if I offer these journals with uh, art on as the cover and my art as the cover, does this align with um, 
with my values. And if it does, it's going to align with my people mm-hmm. because your people are attracted to your values. And right. especially if you're an entrepreneur in any kind of field where you're offering something personal, um, you, you just have to know these things. I think it's interesting that we keep coming back to the values, but you know, you have to know these things. And so is, if it aligns with my values then it's going to align with my people, and there's going to automatic, automatically be resonance. And I knew back to analog, you know, as I, as I have cultivated this community of, of people who are engaged in my art and who are interested in, you know, cultivating this lifestyle as well, I knew, I knew that it would, I knew that it would hit people in a, in a good way. I knew that, that, that it would be resonant. I didn't, it still exceeded my expectations, but I knew that it was an idea worth pursuing and worth offering. Um, because at that point you already, you begin to understand more easily what will work for people and what won't, what won't, but you have to do these, you have to, um, add these services or these new features, you know, you have to add these things slowly because of the learning curve, but you build that merchandise, you build those products. And then, like you said, y'all offer how many journals a year now? Yeah. Well, we, well, we created nine. Yeah. 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 And, and I'm sure that the first journal that y'all did took four times as much effort as the one, you know, and so now you've got that system going and it's something that you can just automatically offer to the, I create daily community. Right. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, um, you're, when you create your art, you said, you know, how it's, you know, how to do the prints, you know, how to take it. Yes. From digital. So do you have that set up the camera and the printer set up in your shop or your studio, or do you, outsource that my personal system is that I I I capture the image I don't actually use a camera I use a scanner I use a flatbed scanner and I and I scan it piece by piece by piece by piece by piece and then I stitch it together in Photoshop I want to do that because I want complete control over the quality of the image Mm-hmm. Um, because one thing that's important, one of my values is that the print that I offer, I want you to look at it. And your first thought is that you're looking at an original Yes. I, because I want, because I know that there are people who may not have the budget for the original or may not have the wall space for the original, but they can afford, you know, a, a you know, a, a smaller version or they can afford a reproduction. And I want it to have that same emotional resonance. So I'm, mm, I'm a stickler about the image. I'm, I'm a stickler about it looking, you know, that quality is pristine. So, so I, I manage the image and then I, I outsource to other companies to print for me. That's just way too much. I don't want to do all that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And they can do a much better job and right. it's going to cost about the same either way. So, right. yeah. so then, you know, Photoshop, so you have to know Photoshop well to do what you're doing in your I know that I click that, I click that, I click that, I wait, and then boom, there it is, you know. <laughs> you need, you know the parts of Photoshop that you need to make yes. it good quality, yeah. There you go, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So back to the five things, like you said, I, I think that, like you said, it keeps coming back to community. So in a way, part of yeah. what you're saying is it's no one thing other than your originals being, of course, the top sellers, but what it is is creating a community that, that resonates with who you are, what you do, and what you stand for in the world. And how you grow. And then because they resonate with you, there's a synchronicity uh, and, and a synergy. And then you listen to them as well. Like you yeah. create things that you think you like, and then you connect and kind of verify it with them. Like you said, you know, it's like anybody interested in analog and then the surprise, you know, the response was surprising. So, yeah. so that's kind of what it is, isn't it? It's no, no one. Totally. Yeah. And I'm sorry. I just realized you asked for five. I, I, I don't think I have the mental bandwidth to give you five right now, right. but, but if there's anything, 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 I would say, I would say get clear on your values because your values are your true North mm-hmm. and you will betray yourself. If you don't know your values and you start going in a direction that honestly, it's just not you. So, yes. you know, any, any creative entrepreneur, like I said, who's offering something personal for it to be sincere and for it to really have presence and have radiance, it's, it's got to be aligned with your values and those things that are deeply personal to you. That makes I sense. love that you mentioned that because it reminded me you posted something and I don't remember when, but I saw it. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if it was a question or amusing or just a comment, but you were talking about how it seems like it's hard to make uh, art a living as an, 
it's hard to make a living as an artist doing only uniquely to you work versus selling things for the masses. It was something along those lines. Yes. Yeah. It was, I remember that it was about, um, you know, coming to a place of understanding that not everything that sells is good art. Good art doesn't always sell. Um, right. And one of the reasons, one of the reasons why that clicked with me was because a lot of the commercial avenues for art play safe. And I don't just mean visual art. I mean, publisher, book publishers, magazine editors, you know, whatever. If, if, if there is a, if there is a middleman who is in charge of dis distribution and in charge of sales, they're going to go with what's safe. And what's safe is not always pushing the line. What's safe is not always controversial or asking the big uncomfortable questions, you know? And so, and that is oftentimes where the good art really is, but that is like a ret like retrospective. Oh, we don't appreciate Picasso until we don't appreciate Matisse until, I mean, you know, in their time, they were, you know, they were evolutionary. They were revolutionary is the right word. They were revolutionary, but, but nobody, nobody, everybody's looking at it going, what the heck are these guys doing? You know? Right, um, yeah. So I think that's hard because for me, at least I want to create art that is honest, that is real. And that is coming from a place of sincerity. And that means it's going to be things that are important to me. You know, some people are going to look at this analog and go, I do not have time. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. Right. Like, what the heck is she doing? That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. You know, it's not going to be for everybody, but that also means that it's not safe art. And I think it does just drive home the point of integrity of your work, but then also the community aspect, because if you have the community that really resonates, you're at least going to be okay. And there's going to be people out there who are willing to also um, pursue things that are sort of out of the comfort zones. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And you have, like you said, you've got people that are there. So I've got, I've got people that would catch me if I jump. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. So do you do any teaching, any art teaching? I do sometimes off and on. I, there were a few years where I did a lot of uh, art journaling classes locally. I haven't done as much of that lately because it just takes a lot of energy and it's, it's, it is a great way to connect. It meets, it meets my community. It meets my connecting. It meets my contribution. It meets a lot of my values, but it's costly personally. Um, the, the money's good in it. The numbers are good in it. And in the time, in the, in the time where I'm teaching classes like that, I love it, love it. But the <laughs> next day I'm numb, you know, and I can't afford, I don't have that. I don't have that um, cushion right now. I also, sometimes I've done creative coaching, one-on-one -on -one type stuff. And that also depends on the season. It depends on my energy level. It depends on um, if I, if I know that I, I, I can control, I guess my control, my energy and control, um, my lifestyle in that season where I can, I know I can be there. I can be present and engaged. All of it is seasons, all of it, you yeah, know, absolutely. there are seasons when it works and seasons when that's just not the direction. Seasons and then, and then microclimates within the season yes. as mm -hmm. well. Definitely. <laughs> that makes sense because, you know, many creatives are, you know, natural introverts and that doesn't yeah. even necessarily mean that they're not outgoing when it comes to being around people, but it definitely means if they need the restorative alone and quiet time, because again, it's back to that concept of, you know, to create and to paint, you're meditating. Yes. And you need a certain, like you said, you get cranky if you don't. Well, again, that's yeah. your meditation. And right happen mm -hmm. um, for you to be keep the balance essentially mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. well this has been really wonderful to catch up with you mandy is there anything Thanks, else you would like anyone to know about you and your work um as where you are with it now before we let you go i, I think this is i think we've hit it i think this is great okay awesome. yeah well mandytonson.com mm -hmm. and people will be in for such a treat to visit your site and see your work Thank, Thank you. you so much. And, and also, if anyone, while they're there, uh, yes, my answer is yes. If anybody wants to take a look at analog or just grab a single copy, they can just shoot me, shoot me a message. All that information is there. It's not, you don't have to have to have to subscribe to get in on the good. So um, if anybody wants to just holler at me, you know how to find me and, um, and we'll get that going. Fantastic. Awesome. We'll definitely put all the links in there. So, okay, well, take care. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks y'all. Bye.
Thanks so much for joining us for the I Create Daily podcast. Please let us know what creatives you would like us to interview and what topics you would be interested in hearing more about. And if you enjoyed this show, please leave a review on iTunes. We value your feedback. We read all the reviews and it just helps us get the word out on the I Create Daily podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks so much.